0: welcome back to bias opinion episode two a lot of stuff to talk about today game one of the stanley cup finals was last night let's get right into it bruins blues bruins win 4-2 dominant victory i think for the bruins. it was close all the way but bruins completely controlled play the entire time i was watching from the watch party at city hall plaza outside on the big screen pretty electric tons of fans there i didn't a lot of there's been a lot of talk uh So some Blue Jackets players chirping early in the playoffs, but the Bruins fans weren't, you know, they weren't, they they were slacking. You know, it's not the same as they were back in the day, back in 2011. But, I mean, last night, even though it wasn't actually at the game, the Bruins fans in the arena seemed electric. Bruins fans outside at the watch party were electric. Also, great concert. Uh, Shout out Lil Nas X. (laughs) Old Town Road. He did one song and left. It was was good stuff. Great, great times. Um, But let's get right into the game. Huge games for Corrales and Clifton. Two unsung heroes, you could say, of this team. Going into the playoffs, I would never expect that. I mean, these two guys would be the two guys you'd look at and say they, had, they were the two best players in game one of the Stanley Cup Finals. But they were, and they were, they were both unreal last night. It's probably maybe the two best games of their career. They were both they were unreal. Sean Corrales, big game player.
1: Sean Crowley, he is, he is a big game player. He did score that big goal in uh, Game 7 against Toronto where he sniped on Freddie Anderson. That was he a big did. goal. That was, yeah. He's... But se- Secondary scoring was was big for the Bruins last night. First line, minus two without the uh, empty net goal. Didn't really produce on the power play. And so some somebody else needed to step up last night for the Bruins. Win, and it was Corraling Clifton.
0: Uh, that's been the story of the playoffs. I mean, McAvoy played on real again tonight, uh, last night too. He's been amazing. He's 21 years old and he's already... He's clearly a franchise cornerstone defenseman. This guy's elite number one defenseman. He's 21.
1: Yeah, it won't be long before he's winning Norris trophies, and Bruins are going to have a tough time signing him to a reasonable contract. Oh, yeah, he's, he can easily demand... like
0: Backing up the Brinks truck, Isaiah Thomas style.
1: Yeah, he could easily
0: demand over $8 million a year. Easily, easily. He's got the Eckblad the deal, but maybe a little more. Yeah. Yeah, backing up the Brinks truck, Brinks truck for McAvoy. Um, yeah, other guys that had huge games last night, Marcus Johansson. He was looking like Wayne Gretzky out there.
1: He was. Yeah. He he created a lot of offense, especially in like one on one situations. Dangling two guys, perfect yeah. passes
0: out net, out in front of the net.
1: It said a lot about his performance that he got second start of the game without getting on the score sheet, without having a goal or an assist. That's how much of an impact uh, he, he was, had in the game.
0: He was he was unreal last night. That might have been, even though he didn't, he wasn't on the score sheet. That could have been one of his best games as a Bruin it, too. It could have been. And I mean, if after that game, it's gonna be Bruins gonna have to think long and hard about signing him and how much they can pay him. Because he's a third line winger, but when your third line is this, like th- this, this run is showing how valuable a great third line can be to a team, and you need you need three four good lines to win the Stanley Cup, and I don't know. It's,
1: it's especially when the first line is getting all the attention from the D. From yeah, the first two lines get all the attention, so the third line, the third will, have, line. will have favorable matchups and. Yeah, hopefully what, they can re-sign him. It'll it'll be tough. We'll he's gonna have a lot of offers from other all right. teams. If out. we if we won
0: the cup, yeah, people yeah. are gonna be all over him, but. We'll but
1: see. He'll get, like, $5 million offers from, like, Dallas or something. That'll be hard to, hard yeah, to compete with. that's hard to turn
0: down. And actually, Tuca. Tuca might have had... That was one of his worst games in the playoffs, I think. He, he had 18 saves.
1: I don't remember make, him, making him, any, him making any him making saves. St. Louis yeah. didn't really test him that St. Louis, much.
0: Bruins D shut him down. McAvoy, Clifton, everyone was... Chara. I mean, you can't blame
1: Tuca for St. Louis not getting any shots on yeah.
0: him. I mean, the, the first goal, he should have been out of the net more, probably. wasn't he was, great. He was a little deep in his net. Yeah. He didn't have his best game, but he did his job. He made the saves he had too. Gets to. Gets the win. Played well at the end. Shaky first period, but like we were saying in the last podcast, eleven days rest, ten days rest, yeah. whatever it was. If you're a goalie on a hot streak like that, it's hard to keep that up after sitting out ten days and then but he seemed to be fine after the first period, so
1: he had no chance on the second goal.
0: No, no, that was just awful. That yeah. was posture knock, I don't know. That was He should have just skated it up the board. Atrocious play, but miscommunication, that was bad.
1: I thought Bennington should have had the second goal from McAvoy.
0: The one under the glove?
1: Yeah, decent shot, but I think, yeah, I that think was, he should have saved that I think,
0: one. I think Bennington got rattled after that. I, I said last podcast, Bennington never gets rattled. That He was rattled after that goal. So you don't think
1: he was cool, calm, and collected yesterday?
0: After that goal? No, I don't think he was. I I think I think we got in his head. I think we're in the entire Blues' heads, though. Edmondson? Edmondson was rattled all game. Edmondson was... I mean, him and Backers were going at it. Edmondson, I think, got a... Did he get a penalty off that? Yeah,
1: there? he had a high stick, and then he hit him afterwards too. Yeah,
0: and then him and Marshawn were going at it after a whistle or two, and.
1: Who was the guy Krug was tussling with?
0: Uh Perron. 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 Yeah. Oh, that was it. That was terrible. He ripped off his helmet, and almost stepped on him. That was all. <laughs> and then, but that that Krug hit was unreal.
1: That was that was a legendary moment with it, just charging up ice.
0: That's gonna go down. No helmet. People are never gonna forget. That's one of those hits you like. That was. Like, there's not many hits that you remember forever, like. Lucic hitting a guy through the glass is like <laughs> the one hit that like i it's always on like I always remember that. That I, I can't really think of anything else, but I'll never forget that hit. That was unreal. And, and Krug's a little guy too. I'm, he's he's not supposed to be making hits small like small offensive defenseman. Don't really see him make too many hits. No helmet. The flow in the back, the lettuce, and then
1: It wasn't a charge too. It was a clean hit too. Clean
0: hit, hundred percent. People are calling it a charge. It's mostly Toronto fans, probably. <laughs> Cupcakes is Definitely not a charge. Unreal hit. Remember that forever. Yeah. That, the crowd went insane when that happened. <laughs> that was awesome. Unreal.
1: Those moments are almost as important as goals during the game, too. It gets the team going. and It gets the fans going. Yeah, no. uh,
0: he makes that hit. It was a one-goal game when that happened. Like I forgot how much. Eight minutes left, maybe. Seven minutes left. Something like that. We weren't losing that game after that. The yeah. Bruins. I mean, that got the whole team fired up. And you put a guys like Bergeron and Corrali out there in the final five minutes. Double shifting them. We're not losing that game. Shut it down. Blues were rattled after that. They weren't winning that game in Boston with the crowd that fired up. All around, great performance by the team.
1: It was it was great. I expect a little bit more from St. Louis though. They didn't they didn't really offer anything. No, had what like St. three L- shots on goal in the second
0: period. They're, they were looking pretty good in the first period. They I mean it was sloppy hockey all around in the first period, but they made some good passes. They're making some good plays, but then um, I mean the Bruins just clearly a better team in that game. It looked at like at least the
1: last two periods.
0: The yeah. last two periods, it was looking like Bruins, Carolina again. It was,
1: it was. I, the Bruins. They handle adversity very well. Experienced, battle was, tested. There was no panic. I mean, that second goal—you can't give up a much worse goal than that. No. And to go right down the ice a minute, thirty they, seconds they later, and and score and make it two to one.
0: When you got leaders like Char and Bergeron in the locker room, though, like that's the value of guys like that. And people always take it on Char because he's too slow, too old, can't skate anymore. Chara is a cat. is unreal captain. He is. He, blocking shots at the end of the game, up two hey, goals. I know. I. Well, Looks like he broke his wrist for something there, but he said he's okay, which is, I think, is huge.
1: He'll get it all stitched up.
0: He'll Get it all stitched up. Oh, and also, uh, big stat from last night. I uh, got some got some nice stats. Corrali, outshifting Krejci, Pashenok, and Coil in that game. Fourth liner. Uh, I just think I think that's pretty cool. It is. The beast. He's playoff performer, big game performer.
1: Basically, the only thing he doesn't play on is the power play. Every other situation, you can put him out could there for could
0: play well. He'd probably be better than Marshawn has been on the power play. Probably. probably. Corrali, beast. Big game player. Huge what win you, for the Bruins. What do you think
1: about some of those penalty calls last night? Uh, Obviously, in favor of the Bruins, they got five power plays. The same is two, But I thought some of those calls were a little tic-tac penalties.
0: Yeah, they weren't great. Although, they, the refs did miss a lot of calls at the end of the game. They kind of let the boys play in the third period. At least in the second half of the third period. I
1: would like to let the boys play a little bit more during the game.
0: Stanley Cup Finals. I think you gotta let the boys playoff hockey, but I mean, the I mean,
1: Bruins had five power plays. That's half a period on, on the power play. That's that's a lot. time Hey, the Blues.
0: The Blues were out. They were frustrated. Some of those power plays were justified. At least some of them. I, don't know, I just think think the Bruins were just open, and a lot of those penalties were pretty lazy penalties by the Blues. Tripping penalties. Yeah. Or just stupid penalties after the play. Was, I don't know. You've Gotta hand it to the Bruins though. Unreal performance. Facing adversity down two nothing early hitting the post, hitting the post. Getting, most teams would get frustrated and lose that game, I think, after the first period. Hit the post a couple of times, but came back, one. It's on It's
1: on the Blues now to see how they handle their varsity. I mean, if, if there's a game that the Blues could have won, it would have been last night's game. The Bruins a little bit off, coming off the the long layoff, going up 2 nothing. That's the game that the Blues, if they're going to win a game in Boston, that's probably the game they could have won. So we'll see what they've got for game two.
0: I would think they're coming back with more than what they brought in that game but i mean if they don't they're in trouble
1: and i was watching the saint uh the saint louis san jose series whenever saint louis got a lead they kind of just parked the bus and dump and chase and kind of con- they, they're a conservative team so now they gotta mm-hmm. they're gonna have to be chasing the series in the in these games a little bit more now
0: but ruby's gotta get the boys fired up they gotta they need to step it up if they don't bring it in game two they could be in trouble we could be looking at a quick four game sweep in the Stanley Cup Finals which I don't remember maybe, the last time that happened. Maybe gentlemen sweep game five. Yeah. Win at home. winning in Boston. Yeah. Fans. Uh, Bruins looked. Like, I don't want to get ahead of myself but Bruins looking like a much better team after game one. And the Bruins can still get better. The first line can still get better. I know the first yeah the first line didn't have a great game. too didn't have a great game. No the
1: first power play can still get a lot better. Shoot the puck a little bit more. Yeah. Not for sure the cross ice passes. <laughs> I don't know what it would take for Pasternak to <laughs> shoot the puck on the power play.
0: Yeah. Overall. Good win, big win. Looking forward to game two. All right, quick prediction of game two? Quick prediction of game two. I'm going I'm going uh three nothing Bruins. Tuka bounce back, shutout, big win.
1: Tuka shutout? I'll I'll go three, three one Bruins. Originally I thought they would split the first two games, but after seeing the blues, I don't think they got anything. No energy no in tank. Left? No, I don't think they have enough left. No offensive firepower to keep up with the Bruins. Bruins are a little bit better team overall. I think the Bruins, no complacency with the Bruins. Eight straight wins. They're going to make a nine straight game, too. I agree. Now moving on to the biggest news uh, in the NBA over the weekend. The Toronto Raptors advanced to their first NBA Finals in their franchise history, led by Kawhi Leonard as they beat the Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek Freak in six games, including four straight wins to close out the series. So, uh, Seamus, what do you think about Raptors advancing to their first ever NBA finals.
0: Um, you know, give all the credit to Drake. No, <laughs> uh, I think you Their GM, I think, or press, t- general manager. That guy, executive of the year, unbelievable GM. I was looking at the trades he's made over the last year. He's more GMs need to be like this. This guy, he is. He just does everything it takes to win, and you got to respect that. Uh, Kawhi. Playing some of the best basketball I've ever seen, I think, in the last two series or so. He's been lights out, unstoppable. And he's playing hurt, too. He's unreal. And, I mean, is Kawhi already the best Raptor in history after, after like, 75 games in a Raptors uniform? Uh,
1: I think he is the best Raptor <laughs> in history. Chris Bosh runs him pretty close.
0: <laughs> Chris Bosh never made a finals. Vince no, Carter never made a no. finals. He might... Kawhi might... You can make an argument. Kawhi's the best Raptor in history. I mean, he was unreal in that series unreal throughout the entire playoffs. You can He's looking like the best player in the NBA.
1: Yeah, Ujiri definitely deserves all the credit for this one. He traded fan favorite DeMar DeRozan uh, for Kawhi. And there was no guarantee that they're going to get Kawhi next year, so they pretty much went all in for this year to get Kawhi. And it worked, and Kawhi took them to the finals. It's debatable whether they'll win the finals, but at least they have a chance. And he also, the general manager, he fired uh, the coach last year. He was named coach of the year. Fired him for... Uh, that hired the assistant coach Nick Nurse, who had no NBA experience as a head coach, so that's a big risk in itself. Then also during the season, he acquired Marcus All for pretty much a bag of balls. He acquired
0: Marcus All for know, nothing. I don't know how Marcus All won. Marcus All, this guy was an all. How many? He was like an all star like six times in a row. He's he's a guy that you need to win he's, NBA titles. He's like the best playmaking center in the league. He's, he he is. He's a league veteran.
1: He's been in the he's playoffs. Not, he's not a super. He's
0: not an all star anymore, but he's still a great. He's a good player. He's an above average player, and he, and he got him for.
1: C.J. Miles, Jonas, Valakunas, DeLon, right in a twenty twenty four second second-round pick. I mean Three
0: G-Leaguers in a second-round pick. He's probably going to be in the G-League in six years. for.
1: And Marcus All's presence in the middle of the floor, it's huge. He, I don't, know, I don't plays, know how other
0: teams didn't make a move on him.
1: He plays great defense. He doesn't score that many points, but all his points are in big moments. He makes threes when they need them, and he's a big player for them. They also got Serge Ibaka before last season, I think, for Terrence Ross in a first-round pick. So Ujiri... He's been going all in to to win this year, and it's paying off for him.
0: And you look at a guy like Danny Green, who he's a vet presence in the locker room, shooting forty five percent from three. I mean, I don't know, all the players after the game on the Raptors were hyping him up, talking about how he brings the championship experience, championship pedigree, and he shows them how to win. And I think that's invaluable in the NBA because a lot of these young guys don't know what it takes. They just you know they're, they're just going for the highlight plays, going for the stats, and you bring a guy like Danny Green, who's played on the Spurs under Pop. Kawhi has too, obviously, but I, mean, I think you need leaders like that in the locker room to win in the NBA. So
1: Yeah, they weren't getting anywhere with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry leading the team. They need, no. a, they need some new leadership. They need and, a new
0: leadership, and they got it. With uh, Kawhi, Danny Green, and Marcus Gasol. I agree, yeah. You got three great leaders right there.
1: I think an underrated part of their their team and underrated part of Masai Ujiri was uh, acquiring Fred Van Fleet from Wichita State. He went undrafted in 2016. They picked him up. 2017-2018 season. Didn't really make a huge impact. Didn't start any games. They stuck with him. They were patient with Van Fleet. This year started 28 games, had 11 points per game. And then the last three games, Fred Van Fleet, 86% from three, 16 points a game in clutch Lights moments. Out. He was he was money in clutch moments. And you need those types of role players showing up or you're not going to win in the playoffs. Yeah, he,
0: he's, he's pretty small. He's looking like Isaiah Thomas out there almost. He's he's money. He's a beast. He's a clutch player.
1: Come off the bench, give them uh, some more energy off the bench. So I think all of this really is all on Masai Ujiri. The team was stuck. Going out in the playoffs after round two, round one for the last five years, doing nothing with Demar Derozan, and he was a fan favorite. He was pretty much the face of the franchise. But Ujiri kicked him out, went all in to win this year, and he got the job done. That's, Huge. That's what executives are paid to do,
0: and he got it done. Yeah, I mean that guy. He's unreal. Exactly the year, in my opinion. All right, now let's start. Let's let's turn the discussion to Greek Freak. That's my guy. I think he's nasty. I think he's one of the best players in the league, if not. I mean, I think Kawhi is the best player in the league after that series, but I think Greek Freak's top three, top four. And just tough series for him. Uh, anything you want to say about this, PJ?
1: Yes, I do. I think Greek Freak's getting a pass from everybody in the media. He's a likable guy, 24 years old, kind of new to the league, six years in, doesn't have that much playoff experience. He's, uh, you know, the local guy is a call it, small small, small market. market guy. He's not looking to go to L.A., New York like all these other guys. He doesn't. He's not in it for the money. He's He wants to win, but I think he's getting a pass. He lost four games in a row. Superstars, they get all the credit. They deserve all the blame. And they did not lose three games in a row all year. In the biggest moments, Greek Freak was nowhere to be seen. Last five minutes in games three through six, Kawhi 27 points, Greek Freak 5 points. That's not good. You can't get the ball to Greek Freak in the last five minutes of the game because all the other team does is build a wall. So you have to kick it out. So the success of Greek Freak is based on whether Malcolm Brogdon hits a three-pointer or not. So that's not very good. And then Greek Freak. Career, like 73% three-throw shooter. This series, in games three through six, he shot 47% from the three-throw line. Much of that was Drake getting in his head three games in Toronto. <laughs> but he, biggest moments, he couldn't hit the hit the three-pointers. It was even worse in the the free-throws, I mean. It was even worse in the fourth quarter, giving shots away. Then at the end, he's walking out of press conferences, getting asked questions about experience. So Greek Freak. Not uh, you,
0: you don't like that? No, that was, a, guys, that was a bad question.
1: It was a perfectly honest question. It's about oh, experience.
0: No, it was, it, was asked, it was saying, they said, uh, do you take this as a valuable experience, this like this playoff run? He lost. He's mad after a loss. He's not, he's not worried about the so, experience he gained from so this. So if he's
1: mad after a loss, then why are Milwaukee Bucks fans chant MVP when he gets back in Milwaukee?
0: The Milwaukee Bucks fans. If man, Ky- they, was Kyrie getting chanted what If
1: Kyrie lost four games in a row, he'd get absolutely ripped by Boston Media.
0: He de- if LeBron lost it.
1: four games in a row, he would get ripped by the national media. Greek Freak loses four
0: in a row. And there's, it, I'm not saying t- Greek Freak shouldn't be criticized, but Greek Freak also going to the season, nobody's talking about playoff playoff Giannis. You, look, you talk about LeBron, LeBron's considered the best player of all time. If the best player of all time doesn't perform in the playoffs, they should get criticized. Talk about Kyrie, everyone calls him playoff Kyrie. Playoff Kyrie, this. Kyrie himself was saying, oh, don't worry about us in the regular season, we're doing bad. I'll perform in the playoffs. What happens in the playoffs? 8 for 25, four games in a row. Awful. Greek Freak puts his head down, works hard. He's funny, nice guy. He's only 24. One bad series. I think you're... I'm not he saying... He deserves criticism, but you can't... You, he shouldn't be on the same plane as LeBron, who people consider the greatest of all time just yet. He's I'm not 24. saying
1: Greek Freak will never get to that level. He's, he needs a jump shot. You can't just be defended by building a wall. You have to, you have to make a mid-range shot. And he's seven feet tall. He has to be able to make a mid-range shot, or he'll never win an NBA championship. I'm not saying he's not going to be able to develop the mid range shot, but he needs a mid range shot.
0: It's definitely developed. I mean, he's got a lot of time left, but it's definitely, it's gotten better.
1: I'm not but, saying he's not going to get to that level, but right now, he is not at the highest level of the game.
0: I don't think. Milwaukee needs to run him with better teammates that can actually hit a three in a big moment. Eric Bledsoe, Giannis's game, he, when he kicks it, like you said, if they blow the wall, he kicks it out. Right. Like, when he kicks it out, that's an open three pointer. And if your best teammate that can hit a three is Malcolm Brogdon, Years, years. I mean, I mean, that guy's... Right. He, I think he's 50, 40, 90, but... Come on now. Malcolm Brogdon. Chris Middleton had two awful games down the series. Game. Uh, he had two, two of the last three games, he was horrible. Eric Bledsoe was just brutal this series. Greek Freak needs more help. Let That's me, my stance on this.
1: I don't know. You look at the Greek Freak, he's 2-4 in career playoff series. Only two wins this year against the Pistons, which, I mean, how are they in the playoffs? And this year's really chaotic Celtics who are just an absolute mess. So, the Greek Freak, he's got a lot to prove. So, in the 2020 offseason, which is after next year, he's eligible for a Supermax. which should give him a five-year contract, $247 million. How could you give Greek Freak the Supermax when he's won two playoff series in his whole career and he gets defended by a wall and he can't make a mid-range jump shot?
0: Because, it's the Greek, have you watched him play at all?
1: Yes, I watched him play in these last four games. He got five points in the last four minutes of the Drake game. Greek
0: Freak deserves a Supermax. You can't tell me...
1: He's, Dude, the, you have to keep he's 7 Greek feet Freak. tall, faster than anyone
0: else in the league you Stronger can't, than anyone else in the league He can't can jump higher than anyone else in the league He's unguardable And his jump shot's getting better in, in 2 years you said he's a free agent, right? Uh, in,
1: yes, he's got 2 years left on his contract But after you don't th- next you don't think year he be, be able to develop a,
0: You don't think he'll be able to uh, develop a jump shot in the next year or two?
1: We'll see He has a better chance of developing a jump shot than
0: Ben Simmons But we'll see <laughs> We'll see about Greek Freak ben, ben Simmons is back in Paris Ben Simmons sucks
1: so you would give Greek Freak a Supermax? I, I would. i give pe- him one right now. The only people that deserve a Supermax are LeBron, Steph, Kawhi, and KD. They've been there, they've done it, they've won championships. Those are four
0: guys that, Giannis, if he's not on that level yet, he's about to be.
1: MVP of the league, he can't, he's got five points in the last five minutes in these last four games. He's kicking it out. His, his best play is kicking it out.
0: Kobe's first playoff, so he was awful.
1: You're giving him the Supermax, $247 million for kicking it out to Malcolm Brogdon. That's what you're relying on. So you're basically giving the Supermax to these role players.
0: He's going to develop a jump shot. These
1: role players are going to determine whether Giannis wins or not. That's not the same with. If
0: him. Milwaukee doesn't give him the Supermax, what do they do?
1: They offer him something slightly less than the Supermax.
0: He doesn't take it. He goes signs in LA or something. Milwaukee loses the all only right. the only player they've I'm had just since saying, Kareem.
1: I don't think he deserves the Supermax. 50 years ago. Well, the, B- the Bucs are in trouble. I mean, they got Mirtich, Lopez, Brogdon, and Middleton can also become a free agent. So the Bucs aren't getting any better because they're not going to be able to sign all these guys.
0: They can make a trade. Guys like Marcus All are going for. A- getting traded for nothing nowadays, so they can build a team around Giannis. They need, they need some more shit. And it's, who doesn't want to play with Giannis? If he's just kicking you out wide open jumpers all day, I think...
1: I would go play with Giannis. Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson's not going to Milwaukee. He's already winning rings in California.
0: Yeah, well, someone like that. Kemba Walker?
1: Kemba, Kemba would be good there.
0: Kemba would be good there. Kemba would be a good fit with Greek Freak. Kemba
1: and Greek Freak. Kemba
0: hits open jump shots. Kemba wouldn't be missing open jump shots like that. He wouldn't be... Kemba would be a lot better than Eric Bledsoe.
1: Eric Bledsoe is locked down through 2023, making $85 million for the Bucks. That's bad. they got to get him off the books. That's a David Bacchus contract to, right there. They
0: can train him to Phoenix or something. Or, I don't know. Some, some team like that. I oh, no, not He was already on Phoenix. Eh, train him to Chicago, Orlando, someone like that. They can get him off the books. So bottom. If line, they need to, they can get him off the books.
1: Bottom line, Kawhi was great, but the Greek freak is getting far too much of a pass for being the league MVP just to lose four games I'm in not, a row. I'm not debating Emmanuel.
0: that he shouldn't get a pass, but I'm thinking that... I'm debating that you're, you're being too hard on him.
1: I'm saying people are not being hard enough. And that you're. you're
0: there's, you not,
1: there's not enough national media to talk about this. He's like being brought up an hour and 30 minutes into national shows.
0: Well, they're too busy talking about LeBron and his hanging out with his buddies yesterday. I don't know.
1: That's all I got on the Greek freak. He needs to improve.
0: All right. Moving on? Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little MLB. PJ, I know you got a prediction you want to make here.
1: Yeah, May May twenty eighth, twenty nineteen, and I am declaring that the L. A. Dodgers are going to win the World Series. They're bold. my, they're my, prediction. very bold. Right, eh, Right now they are playing pretty well, thirty six and eighteen as we speak, half game behind the Twins for the overall league record. Obviously, the best team in baseball doesn't always win, so even though they're playing well, it's still bold to put them out there now. I think, right? Big reason why I think they're starting rotation: Kershaw, Bueller, Rich Hill, Kentamaeda, and. Hunjin Ryu, who's having a great year this year. Before in the past for the Dodgers, Kershaw had to win two games in the late playoff series for them to win in the World Series. He had to beat the Astros twice. He had to beat the Red Sox twice. Now with the improved rotation, especially Walker Buehler, Vandy Boy, Hunjin Ryu, who's having a great year. He might only have to win one game in the playoffs. It's not Kershaw or nothing for the Dodgers. They have other people who can step up. Their outfield playing great. Uh, Their defense is... Pretty amazing from the outfield. They have cannons. Cody Bellinger's having a great year. Uh their league best, twenty six at home. Twenty six and no, twenty and six at home. That's league best. They score runs in bunches. They have depth in multiple positions. Only concern is the bullpen. Not very good not very good in the bullpen in recent playoffs. Uh they do overutilize analytics. They have all these note cards on defense, playing shifts and stuff. At the Pirates game I went to, uh they had their leadoff hitter, lefty, hit a double. The Pirates pitcher was a righty. Next inning, the Pirates pitcher is a lefty. They take the leadoff hitter out and put in a righty hitter. So the leadoff hitter played one inning, had a double, but then he got pulled from the game. I've never seen that before. So as long as they don't get in their own way and overutilize analytics, I think the Dodgers are being in a great spot. They got rid of all their locker room cancers like Puig and Machado and Ryan Matson who couldn't deliver. So I think the Dodgers, they have the experience. I don't think anybody in the NL can really test them. And they remind me of the 2018 Red Sox, who obviously won it all.
0: Yeah, personally, not a big fan of the Dodgers. Solely because they got rid of Puig, who he's one of my favorite players in the MLB. I understand the criticism, you know, doesn't try hard enough, doesn't really care. Cares more about signing autographs and actually playing. But he keeps it fun, keeps it light. You don't see that often yeah, in baseball.
1: Puig's like OBJ and Antonio Brown. You can't win with those guys. You have I think,
0: to get rid of them. Hey, I th- I'm a fan of Puig's. Not happy that the Dodgers got rid of them. Got to keep a guy like that in L.A. It's good for the game when a guy like Puig's in L.A. It's good for the game. Well, it's better need, for L.A. You need fun guys to grow this game at a big market. And the MLB, the big criticism now is too slow, too boring. Got to keep guys like Puig in a big market. It's and, better
1: uh, for L.A. when they're winning games with Puig gone and Cody Bellinger stepping up in right field. Now Cody's gotten a, he's gotten to play a lot of games in a row, and he's obviously improved now that Puig's gone.
0: That guy is pretty nasty. I'll give you that. Bellinger is... He's in. He's just a home run like every game. He's unreal. But uh, I'm not not in the position to make any bold predictions about baseball right now. But I do have a team that I think has a good shot at winning the World Series. Philadelphia Phillies. Had a solid regular season so far. Far. Big spenders this offseason. Signed JT Real Muto. Superstar catcher. I think that guy's nasty. Been a big fan for a while now. He was on my fantasy baseball team back in uh, 2015, I think. 2016, maybe. (laughs) Huge fans ever since then. JT Real Muto. And uh also Bryce Harper obviously. Home run hitter. Uh yeah, I'm a Phillies fan.
1: We'll we'll see we'll see how it goes and if the Phillies and Dodgers meet.
0: No, I'm not I'm not guaranteeing anything, not making any predictions, but I think that's my that's my uh MLB team right now. If that
1: series were to come around, I think the Phillies would have the edge at the catcher position, as you'd say with JT Realmuto. Real but everywhere else on the field, including right fields, I'd take Bellinger over Bryce Harper and I'd take Dodgers pitching over Phillies pitching. All
0: right. Fair enough, fair enough. Can't get rid of Puig, though. Puig? That hurt. That hurt. Never won with Puig. We'll see if they you win see how the, win. Rap-
1: the Raptors got rid of their fan favorite, DeRozan, brought in Kawhi. They're winning. Dodgers got rid of their fan favorite, Puig. Bellinger kind of developed, and now they're winning.
0: We'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: So on to our uh, last segment, bias bonus. Last week, to uh, keep track, I was 5-5 five and five in the bias bonus segment. Sheamus, you were 4-6, and six, so... I it we up. did okay, but we have a lot of room definitely for improvement. All right, let's get right into it. Who will win the Europa League final? Chelsea or Arsenal? Chelsea. Uh, I have Arsenal. I think they need to win to get into the Champions League next year. Uh, will Eden Hazard have a goal and assist in the Europa League final? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I he will too. It uh, could be his last game for Chelsea. Uh, which shortstop will reach base safely more in the next two games? Xander Bogarts or Francisco Lindor? I'll go Xander Bogarts. Your
0: favorite Red Sox player? He is my favorite Red Sox player. Yeah.
1: I uh, will go Lindor. Um, Indians need to start winning. Uh, Wednesday night, who'll have a higher total Mookie Betts hits or total special teams total special teams goals in game number two?
0: Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll actually go Mookie Betts hits because my prediction is three nothing. So I will go Mookie Betts hits. I don't think there's gonna be too many power play goals.
1: Yeah, I'll go Mookie Betts uh, hits as well. He's been he's got 16 hits in his last 15 days, so he's been hitting well. All right, Wednesday night, Mets-Dodgers play. Will the combined innings pitched by Walker Buehler and Noah Syndergaard, the starting pitchers, will that be more than the Bruins' shots on goal in period one of game two?
0: Uh, I'm going to go, no, I think Bruins will have more shots on goal.
1: I'm going to go with, uh, yes, I think Buehler and Syndergaard will go deep into the game, around 14 innings or so, maybe. Bruins have like 10 shots. I'll go innings pitched. All right, Athletics have a 10-game win streak right now. Will they make it 11 games against the Angels tonight?
0: Um, yeah, I'll take the Athletics. I won 4-5 this season against the uh, Angels, so. Yeah, Angels
1: are always pretty mediocre. I'll go with the Athletics. They always have a good run uh, during the season, so yeah. 18-10 at home, I'll go with Athletics. Alright, over-under, nine thirty. 30 save percentage for Tuca in
0: game two. Over. Shut out. Shut I'm going out. Over.
1: I'll go under, based on the fact that I don't think St. Louis is going to get that many shots on net, so it's kind of hard for Tuca to pat his stats when St. Louis isn't getting any shots on goal. A uh all right so the golf for the last 3 uh, the memorial Jack Nicklaus's tournament um lower first round score Justin Rose or Rory McIlroy uh
0: I'll take Justin Rose coin flip
1: coin flip it is a coin flip I'll go Rory McIlroy I think he's a little bit more consistent uh over under 70.5 first round score for
0: Tiger Woods over coming off a bad bad round I'll take, I'll go over
1: <laughs> yeah I'll go over as well uh Masters kind of may, might be the peak of his Flash
0: in the pan. Might be his peak of his season. He's washed.
1: Uh, Alright, last one. Higher total. Justin
0: Thomas, first round birdies, or Brad Marchant shots on goal in game two? I'll take Brad. Uh, I think he's going to want to try to get the first line power play going. You know, I think it'd be...
1: I'll, I'll go Justin Thomas. Uh, He is first on the PGA Tour in birdies per round with 4.9. Only concern is he hasn't played since the Masters, but uh, when Justin Thomas gets hot, he gets hot. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, we'll see.
1: And
0: then uh, you want. Yeah. All right, so that's it for episode two. Thanks for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at biased underscore underscore opinion two underscores, and uh, we'll tweet out a link to where you can listen to the podcast on a bunch of different platforms. And we'll also update you when a new episode's out. Uh, next episode will be dropping Thursday. Um, only two days away. Uh, it will be NBA finals preview, and also we'll recap what's happened in the Stanley Cup so far at that point, and. It uh, will also be a Champions League final preview. So, big episode coming Thursday. Stay tuned. Put tweet uh, Twitter notifications on. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.